This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer! Richard! How are you? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm really fabulous. And I'm just so excited to see the tree has grown in your living room. <laughs> look at myself. See, look at, look at that. Oh, it's gorgeous. Lighting effect. How cool is that? It would the the really funny thing is that when I first met you, I remember you telling me, you know, I don't I don't have real Christmas trees. Right, because I can see, I can actually hear them screaming when they're dying. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But you know, there is a and Twilight Zone sick. episode if I, I ever would, heard one. I would get sick every single year. And then once we got a faux tree. Wow. Um, I never got sick again, but I could hear plants when they're, I mean, I talked to them like, what do you need? And they'll tell me. Water. Water. <laughs> fresh, fresh air, sunlight. Yeah. I need you to put on Beethoven and turn off that punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which, I love your book. Oh, oh my goodness. I can't even tell you. I just finished it today listening to it. Because I have to listen to your voice. Just one of those things. You are so funny. I I mean, the book is all about you. So it's it's me talking about you. But here, I don't remember the things that we have talked about unless I hear it again. It just doesn't happen, really. And it was so, it wasn't, you know, I can't say even hearing about myself, but it wasn't, it wasn't that the content is so magnificent with your connection to music, your whole family's connection to music, the people that have been brought into your life because of music. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I got to say, I was telling this uh, to my friend Bruce Herring the other day because Bruce is a guy who, you know, who sort of opened a number of doors for me. He was the editor at Billboard and he was the one who said, why don't we start a band together? And he was the one who said, why don't you write music reviews for me? And so that opened so many different doors. And I ha- and what happens is when you start to reflect on your life, let's say, that string, that red string that where all the events that tie together, you know, meeting you, et cetera, et cetera. Those kinds of things, I started to just focus on it from the musical aspect. And then what is music? What's the frequency of, of communication, of the timber right. and tone of my voice? And, you know, whether I'm thinking it up or whether it's coming through me from somebody else, same goes with music or singing. Yeah. And it's so fascinating because it's it gets confirmed over and over again when we're having a conversation and a musician comes through and says, well, you know, it's all about frequency and you want to stay in touch with me, put on one of my records, right? you know, and connect to me that way. So I have to tell you, this week has been crazy, as you know. Um, I'm this tonight will be my fourth my fourth um, wine and spirits event of the week. Not to mention working all day Tuesday. Wow. Wow. Like, so but it's fascinating. And one of the things, one of my, you know, that was after. So like on Tuesday, gosh, I can't believe it's already Thursday. Tuesday, I had someone that um, knew Steve Jobs. But when we were talking about music, I was being shown a vintage. Like one of the things that he mentioned was a vintage, like, I saw, you know, the asteroids, like, and it looked like a thing that you put on the, put on a shirt. And then I saw the Beatles. I saw something else that looked vintage. And I'm like, and I explained this to this person and this person is just like, Oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. And said that they were in a store, a vintage clothing store looking for shirts. And they, I'm like, yeah. And then I interrupted her and I said, Oh my gosh, she says that you looked up you looked up and you saw something and you freaked out over it. And I'm like, I'm sure it has to do with, you know, either Apple or whatever, but I was being shown all this other vintage things. And sure enough, it was the first Apple shirt that was on the wall, which is crazy. But the way that it came through and I'm thinking to myself, it's normal for John Lennon to come in right with the Beatles. Like it's normal in our conversation. So I wasn't sure. I'm like, did Steve know John Lennon? Like, was there, like, I was going in my head to like try to figure it out, but it actually was just because this person was in the store looking at shirts. Well, I, you know, I, you have to reflect on some other things, which are really, uh, and I've heard this before, you know, when, when Apple starts up, when the computer starts up, it makes that boom sound. 
and I've heard people say this, I don't know if it's true or confirmed, but it's the same sound from the Beatles song, A Day in the Life, when the piano, when all the instruments at the end of the song then rise up, sort of cacophony, and then they hit this one note. It's almost identical to that note that is when the computer yeah. turns on. So, you know, and the, the way we work, right. <laughs> which is to say, is that true? And then we can ask right. them. You know, so, but I don't want to invite Steve unless he wants to be invited. And of course, Luana's got the clipboard. We'll just, have, we'll just have, I think he's already here, but we'll, oh. Okay. So then I was showing something else because he's actually showing me this. So earlier on Tuesday, I was at a funeral, hmm. just follow me, at 10 a.m. for a dear friend of mine's mother. Oh, and sorry. who I also knew very, I loved her. She was actually the first witch I knew. And she told me I would be a great witch someday. I just laughed. I'm like, she was the first person I called. I'm like, I totally get it now <laughs> about the whole witch thing, whatever. <laughs> Fast forward on the way home, I had a client that never, you know, everybody has boundaries. She would never do this. She's like, something's going on in my house. Can you please call me? So I called her. Well, her son, um, her son, who I absolutely love, she wouldn't mind me saying this, Eddie. Um, he likes to play with electronics and mix things up and do so, you know, all this stuff. But as we were talking, she ended up showing to make a long story longer. I asked for a sign that day about Steve. And didn't even think about it. She started talking and somehow it was brought up that um, her son actually was the nerd on the movie, Steve Jobs. He actually played a part <laughs> on the movie as one of the owners of, <laughs> of one yeah. of the, I guess the partners, the early partners, he was the nerd, but he's not a nerd. He's absolutely gorgeous, but um, he's on the other side and he's a, an amazing communicator. I mean, he just is absolutely an amazing spirit that communicates, you know, all the spirits have their own unique personalities. Yeah. This guy, Eddie was an actor, but that was what came through. And then she's like, I have a picture that I'm staring at right now <laughs> that I'll, I'm like, can you send it to me? And it was him kissing her on the carpet of that movie. Sweet. And that was, I'm like, that is the craziest thing ever. So then, why did they put that image in? Why did Luana put that image in your mind? Steve did. Because I'm like, Steve, can we talk to you? I'm like, it's just so weird that it's not weird. I shouldn't say it's weird anymore. But he's like, yeah, talk about signs. Oh, so talk that, about signs. Okay. So he put that into my head about the sign that I was given before I talked to this other person. And then it was just unprecedented. Well, so Luana, let's I if I if you don't mind, Steve, and we we would like to talk to you. And, and Jennifer and I have chatted with you before, sort of randomly, a couple of times where you know I, Jennifer said, "Oh, he just walked by," and I said, "Well, can we ask him some questions?" So this is a different form of that communication. But I'd like yeah. to at least have Luana sort of direct the. Just, uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on. He's like, stop thinking it's not real. You're wasting so much time. He's talking to you. Because <laughs> I'm the biggest skeptic of his work. Okay. But Luana, I'm going to ask you, you've got the clipboard, and I want you to go through what we need to talk about today. What's the first and foremost thing on your clipboard? Signs. Signs. Okay, very good. Is that related to a dream that I had a couple of nights ago? Yes. I was you've having... Had, you've had two dreams. I have. It's two unusual ones. But I want to clarify something because it, it was... And this happens. I know that I'm going to be talking to Jennifer and a couple of days before something comes through and then I'm trying to remember it as I'm waking up. And what I was able to glean was a telegraph key the idea of communication, like it, that we are like telegraph keys. Now, if you remember how telegraphs work, there's a, you don't, but there's a line that goes across country. It's a, it's a, like a frequency and a um, electrical current. And what happens is somebody puts on headphones and when you interrupt the current, then you get a click. And those clicks, depending if it's slow or long, the dit 
a dot, dot or yeah, a dash, yeah. mm -hmm. that's that then becomes writing and symbols. So the idea is that we are these, so they're sending us a message and we're the telegraph key, turning that into an image, turning it into, in your case, smells, sounds, a right. whole video or a physical manifestation of somebody. So it's like the, now, is that what you were trying? Was that, who was talking to me in the dream? That's my question, Lou. George. George. Harrison. Oh, okay. And so the conversation was about uh, communication. Wow. Okay. That's what I had to do with Steve. So he showed me all the electric, like all the electrical currents going. We're communicating whether we're conscious of it or not. And many, our bodies are communicating. Um, animals are communicating. There's so many frequencies are showing me just flying around. Now, um, hold on. To make all those coincidences happen that are not coincidences, like yeah. what happened the other day. To have yeah. that happen where Eddie did so much to that house where she felt compelled to, you know, call me, text me. She's like, I would never bother you, but please, you know, to have that happen and then to have the sequence of events happen later on, it takes thousands of those currents, like electrical currents to keep, to go around. And so- And intent. Right, right. So the best, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, you really are mad at me. I know. He's like, if you keep doubting what we give you, you, he goes, you're talking to people and telling them that they need to look for signs. He goes, but yet you don't even trust the signs that you get. He goes, how is that helping people? Well, uh, it, at the same time, you have to allow that you're interpreting a, some, the signs yeah. you're getting. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have the lottery numbers. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that's, that allows us at least to examine it. So Luana, is Stephen the first person on your list? Is that who we need to talk to today? Yes, but also George Harrison. Okay, very good. All right, very good. Um, I appreciate that. Well, I, Steve, do you do you mind if we talk to George first, or do you want to? Or you're right up? There. He's like, I got my point across, and he's pointing at my head. He's like, I okay, got no, but I, of course, I, I, I would have some questions for you if you if you don't mind. If we don't, is it okay if I ask you some questions, Steve? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so let's uh, let me ask you simply who. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? I know I've asked you this before, but. He's like my whole dead family. So, okay. All the people who've crossed over. Mm -hmm. Were there some of the family members that are still on the planet? My question. Soul family. Soul whole family. family. Soul family. So yeah. for example, your mom and dad who are still on the planet, the, your birth parents. And your. Correct. adopted parents but one of, them, one of them's over there i feel uh okay that's a possibility but probably your adopted parents it could be but both of his both his mom and dad are still on the planet of course they could be more over there than here because they're so old like you know put it that way hold on it was my soul family and then he showed me Jimi hendrix and i have no idea if that was I mean, they're all laughing. <laughs> well, of course, because he seems to show up off so often. Well, so what was that like for you? Was that, uh, I know that the last, your last words were, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. What were your, what was that in reference to? The love and the colors. So seeing like the colors and the energy that you were coming into this other realm or coming into this other frequency. Bless is the word that he's describing or the word that's describing what he saw. I'm sorry, say again. I asked him if it was seeing and feeling and he said it was, he said it was, it was seeing. Seeing. It was all seeing. of it. Okay. Uh, observing or seeing. And now once you, once you're over on the other side and you see your soul family, at what point do you realize, oh, this is how things work and life goes on? Instantly. Instantly. And so I just want to reflect on... That it was because I believed it. 
So you were already there. And if I can, I, I want to talk about your That's life. Interesting. That's the whole, so part of the whole, let's say God, we don't get, people don't have brain farts when you're listening to this, but he just showed me something interesting about how by believing that there's a God, you believe in the afterlife. He said, maybe that's the concept. He's like, so I believed, he goes, of course I was Buddhist. I believe he's yeah. saying, he goes, it doesn't matter all the spoke, but just have a belief that there's an afterlife opens it so much. It makes it so much easier to go there. So goes, if you know where you're going, it makes it easier to get there. Right? So I'm, I'm going to ask you about. He actually showed me the maps, <laughs> the maps. Oh, um, like of how to get to where you're going, yeah, like right. Google Maps. Yeah. No, his map app. Okay, his, own, his map app. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you some uh, names. I'm going to mention some names to you that Jennifer doesn't know, but you do. Well, he keeps bringing in the who's the guy. Sorry, show me again. His buddy, I believe. I want to say Tim, but I don't think it's Tim. It's the guy that did the research for, and I believe he was part of Microsoft, actually. But he did the research for the head, the. Um, oh, Paul Allen. Okay, very Paul. good. Okay, very good. I, well, that would make sense. We've talked to Paul. Paul's a bright guy. We talked to him after he crossed over. Oh, and he their told love us. for That's why Jimi Hendrix was there. Their love for guitars. Love for guitars. Well, we did talk to Paul. We asked him about music. He said that he was creating a ukulele because it was an easy instrument to create. And then he, but also Paul was the guy who created the Jimi Hendrix Museum in Seattle. So we talked about that and all that stuff. But here's my, I'm going to throw some names at you, okay. uh, Steve. Uh, have you talked to um, Otagawa? Otagawa. His first name is Coben. K-O-B-U-N. Have you seen him since you've been over there? He could say no. Doesn't matter. Coven. He was like his first stop. One of his first people to... And what was your... Uh, and what was that like? Was he young? Was he old? Was he... Hold on. He says he was my age. So about the same age. And... And so what was that like for you? Was that a, a spiritual thing, an emotional thing, or was it like old friends greeting each other again? We wept. Oh, wow. Interesting. Very good. Is there anything that Coben wants to say to, I mean, I know he's, of course, accessible because. He says he, says he and I don't know who Corbin is. By I the know way. you don't. I know I you don't. Yeah. But he's saying that, show me again. Hold on. He helped me so much. So there's something Steve, that, Steve is saying Coben helped him so much. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. He and, says, and I almost feel like he saved his life by giving him life. And I'm not sure what that means. Saved his life by giving him life. Okay. That's brilliant and accurate. Sorry. So his relationship with Coben was responsible for saving his life, according to his journey. You don't know who that is. And that's why I asked it that way. Um, but I'd just like to ask Coben one question, if he doesn't mind. And Luan, is that okay? Can we just ask Coben to come forward? Yeah, he's, he, he's there. Hold on. Does he have long hair? Or did well, he, he, he could over there. He did not in life, but that's okay. fine. But that would be fine because, of course, he was a fellow who had short hair. Okay. Yeah, and, he didn't have hair. Hold on a second. Okay. It's this, I feel like there's a person that's showing me the back of him, and this is the whole reason why. They never waste a thought, but it has to do with George Harrison and somebody that George Harrison worked with. Okay, very good. All right, very interesting. Well, we'll get to that in a second. George, hold that thought. I have no idea what that um, means. I think I do. So okay. it, I think what it, they're saying is these are related. George's spiritual journey and this fella Coben's spiritual journey are related. Is that correct? And I almost felt psychedelics. That's funny. Yes. Okay. Um, and speaking of psychedelics, Steve, you did have an LSD trip, I think, that was profound and changed your life. And if you could just... Saw his life in the future, he said. Wow. So talk to us about that. What, what did you see during that adventure? Lots of lights. Lots of... He saw the information, like the super... Like, okay. Hold on. 
He said, I saw the information highway, so to speak. Oh. And he's been showing me like this huge, like, you know, okay, well, I'm referencing, I always reference, you know, Turtle in the movie. um, Yeah. You know, and that super, like that, that thing that they go into and they rate, like it takes them really fast. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. He's showing me like that only with lights. Okay. I'm going to throw another random name at you, Steve, uh, that Jennifer doesn't know, but but the audience might. This is just my clipboard thing. Yeah, exactly. Joe Ranft, R-A-N-F-T. It's related to that image you just saw. Okay, he's just laughing. Joe <laughs> I don't know why, but hold on. I do. So what have you seen Joe since since Joe's come over? Like I, he's like, I can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's really wonderful and sweet. Uh now recently <laughs> I, I could I'll tell you who it is, but recently there was a movie called Soul. Uh-huh. Are, are you aware of that, yeah, Steve? I'm- okay. He said he helped that. Well, you, you helped it. Okay, very good. From the other side, yes. And and Joe is a running theme within the movie, but Joe is not on the planet anymore. Joe was somebody that Stephen hired or was worked with at Pixar, and he passed away in a car accident. And we've talked to Joe. Jennifer doesn't remember that. But we talked to Joe after the movie Soul came out because I wanted to know. I saw his name inside, you know, as a little... Easter egg in the movie where it said Joe Ramp on the, and he also voiced a number of the characters. So the idea of that information from right. from Finding Nemo just relates right to Joe, but yeah, it also true. relates to. Uh, that's what uh, they showed me. That's what they showed me, Turtle. I mean, again, even I, I think I, it's I, great. It's all connected. Even if, think, even if I think I'm thinking it, I'm not. Apparently, they're giving it's, it. It's all connected, and Luana, Steve. And me and you have a mutual friend named George, not the Harrison fella, but okay. but related to Steve's work and related to what we're talking about. Do you want to show Jennifer who that is? That George Burns? No, George Burns. No, this is a George is on the planet. He's still here. Okay. He's on. just a very successful. Um. Oh, Clooney. Well, he's got that same color hair. No, George Lucas, because. Steve, right, I, would not, I would not have gotten that. You would not have got that, but that's okay. I was just curious about that. So now that makes sense. Now that now I saw it makes sense because they're Pixar sense. and George yeah. Lucas. And, and but the question really would be uh, any message you want to give to George Lucas, Steve? I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nobody wants hold to on. hear that. Can I just say that? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Very funny. He says, tell him he's not done creating films. Okay. Done creating his films. Very there's good. Biography that's in the works, or I'm sure there's been written a lot of biographies, but it's about his journey. His journey. And then somebody, Joseph Campbell, just the, I, the hero's journey. Yes. Are you okay. familiar? Are you familiar with why that's a connection? No, I have no idea. This is one of those things that people watching would go, really? I am sorry. I have a thousand <laughs> trillion things going on in my I head. understand. Okay. I so, you, so let, but let's clarify. So you saw a what? Photograph of the, the cover of the book? Or you saw Joseph Campbell? Or you heard the words, A Hero's Journey? I heard the words and I saw something like a picture of a ranch. And I don't know why that brought up that. Okay. Steve? Do you want to show Jennifer why there's a connection to between George, Joseph Campbell, and a ranch? Did they? Okay. I guess they, they work together. That's what I. They all to work together, and the ranch is uh, George Lucas's ranch it's called Skywalker Ranch, and it's up in outside of San Francisco. And I've been there, and I've been in George's offices, and I've sat I sat next to him while he was having lunch, but. Joseph Campbell was the inspiration and the advisor on Star Wars. The Hero's Journey was the book that it was based on from George's college days. I'm sure I've heard this before then. But, all I- right. but, it's, all, but it's all connected. Let's just say it's all connected. And the idea, and we're talking about communication here, which is Jennifer gets that image, that thought, the Hero's Journey. Somebody would argue, well, it's coming up from her subconscious. It doesn't matter. 
where it came from. Steve just put his hand like this and he goes, now that she's not fighting it, it's going (laughs) to be It'll be easier. Okay, very good. So, and I'll tell you who Coben is. Coben is a Zen Buddhist monk who Steve met and studied with and learned quite a bit. And when he said saving his life to have his life, that's who he's talking about. Well, so Steve, this is a question about your trip to India, 1974. I mean, we were the same. We're the same age, so I have the same references you do. You guys are fifty years old. That's amazing. <laughs> but so, Steve, you went to see a person named Neem Baba, but he had passed away, and you eventually hung out with a guy named Babaji, another guy, another Baba, you know, just teacher, um, who passed away in '84. I just got shown. I just got shown Ram Das. Oh my gosh! Oh, you're so good. Thank you, Ram. Ram was part of this group. Okay. I mean, I did not know that. I just looked it up and I just happened to see it because I thought we might be talking because, you know, I thought we might be talking to Steve today. So I did do some research to find this out. And we're talking about Babaji. And so what did Ram Das? How is he? Ram Das is involved with this group. I know who Ram Das. I, I, oh, oh, Ram Das is the guy. I'm such a love for Ram Das. I didn't know how he was connected to the group. Well, I'll I'll tell you what, let's hold on a second. Go ahead. Did I hear that somewhere? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Let's invite Ram to just say hello for us. Steve, would that be okay? Are you seeing Ram Das? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ram, do you want to put in Jennifer's mind the sentence that I always misquote of yours or the one I always use of yours that we're all just what? Having an earthly experience. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, yes. Uh, within a spirit's body. Yeah, that's one of them. The other one is we're all just walking each other home. So what was it like for you, Ram, when you crossed over? I'm just going to ask you briefly. He said I was already over there. <laughs> you were already there. Okay, very good. I, I Correct me. Have we, have we spoken before? Did we have a conversation with Jennifer? Mm-mm. Okay, and so they so the ouch, sorry, <laughs> ouch. Did he did he pinch you? What happened? I just got. They keep giving me chills if I get if I don't say everything. So <laughs> I just got another picture because I have a client that's deeply connected to Ram Das who studied oh. with Ram oh, Das. So, so I, have, I have spoken to him, but you and I have not spoken. To ah, him. very good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. See, they pinch they. Woman, they, they pinch Jennifer on the other side. If I guess you don't see me go like this. I'm like, ah, I need to get a blanket. <laughs> okay, listen. There's some there are mundane questions I want to ask Steve. Um, and I mean, you know, there's a lot. There, one of them is really specific about your uh, daughter. You had a number of daughters or a number of children, but your first daughter had a you and you and her had a falling out, and that's what that movie Steve Jobs was about. I think her name is Lisa. I've never, I've never seen. That you haven't movie. seen the movie, but but there was an issue because she wrote an autobiography called Small Fry, and and that was adapted into the movie by Danny Boyle called Steve Jobs. But it was really about the disconnect, and it was it, it seems to be one of those stories where somebody has a relationship with somebody they have. So he said, Go ahead. "He's saying he goes, I was really rough on her." Why? He said it was a past life thing because it continued. With you and the mom? All of them. Because it seems like you took out your anger with mom on, you know, that when that happens, people do that. But I just want you to clarify that. He said I was young punk. This was before he discovered freedom with his mind. Very good. And, and you say it's related to a previous lifetime. I was going to ask you about that because you were born, you were conceived in with Syria. His daughter, with his daughter. Okay. But let me ask you, you were conceived in Syria, 1954. Mm-hmm. You were, your birth certificate is Abdul Latif Jandal. So my question is, did you have a previous lifetime in that region or not, or somewhere else? Yeah, he did. Did. And he so had it, he had one where that's where he. Okay. If I can get this correctly, because he showed me a bunch of things. I'm trying to understand it. 
And that, I also get like a little bit worried if I ever say anything wrong coming from. You get pinched. Uh, I'm like already like, you know, I'm like guarding. Um, so he showed me something that like either he dealt with nuclear weapons or the, you know, military, uh, military things, let's say. Yeah. Military things. And then he also showed me, you know, life of a monk. He's also showed me um, previous lifetimes and I'm turned to military, something heavily, uh, show me that again. He lived in China. There's something about China and his, his taste for it when he was here. So when he became a Zen, a Zen Buddhist, that was connected to it or recognizing. I, mean, like he, I feel like he was he was definitely killed in like Bhutan or something like that. Well, mm-hmm. in, in terms of the military lifetime, was that in, in a recent, in the hundred year, was that like World War One or World War Two, or Or somewhere else? I don't know. I'm hearing like the Korean War or something. Okay, that's allowed. That's allowed. Um, of course, he was born in 55. And so you just logically, it's that, which would have been, you know, it fits. He might have died in 54, let's say, and then was conceived. But this, this idea then that when you came to the planet, there was a legal battle over you. And your mother admitted, I think, to your uh, second wife, your second girlfriend, or your mother of your children, that for the first six months of your life, she wouldn't bond with you because she was afraid they were going to come and take you away. Did that affect your life or was, or was that planned to affect your life? It was planned to affect my life. So that way I would stay tougher. Stay tougher. I would okay. always think about the future. I would never think like, and that's where Ram Das and everybody else came in to have me understand by being present, I could think of the future instead of just thinking about the future and not understanding it. I see. And I just want the audience to realize the reason we bring up, I'm bringing up these things is to give context to how things go wrong in a lifetime. Let's say when there's difficulties between parents and children, like my, sorry, they keep doing it. Um, my company's called One Beautiful Chaos because it takes chaos to make change. If everything's just going along fine, you know, which is ideal, right? Um, but to really make a movement, it takes kind of like a fight. You know, it takes something that um, not, so I'm sorry, let me follow through with this by what happened to him, it created, it made it to where he was tough and was able to handle everything that was thrown at him because he didn't have attachments because he wasn't attached. So was it wrong for him not to have that as a baby? Would he have liked it more? Yeah, definitely. Cause then he could have had compassion towards the people that he was fighting later on, but he's saying that it made him tough and that's what it was supposed to do. And so we look at things as being bad, like the chaos that happens in our lives, but how many times or how many friends have you had that went through divorces that found the true love of their life after? The, so know? the stones in your path become the diamonds later on when you look Absolutely. back at them, you see that's Absolutely. what helped you your path. So in terms of your legacy, and I mean, you, you know, a lot of people talk about you and Paul Allen, let's give him credit as well. But people talk about you as, you know, changing the way the planet thinks and behaves what do you consider, what's the value of that in terms of your legacy? What do you, what is it you'd like to tell the planet? Reach for the stars. Because you're there. <laughs> so what's a way that, a, so a tech guy listening into this, you know, and they're up there microdosing LSD because they read that you used LSD and it changed your life. And they're like, hey, maybe we, so what would you like to tell a tech person working at Silicon Valley right now, who's trying to connect with you, what would be a method for them to do that? Reach for the stars. How would they do that? Thank you. He said, just ask. I'm like, just ask. And he's like, yeah, but they have to be doing what it's like. They have to be doing what it takes to get to the point to ask me, you know, how I can help. 
kind of thing. So and you, they can't and you, just go, give me something. They could try, but if they're not doing all the work, if they're not putting into this, like this big box equation, like if they're not putting the effort of the work to create something, you can't just really ask for it. You have to be, oh, okay, thank you. It's kind of like, you can't be, you know, three foot, you know, you can't be three, five and play basketball in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. So if the Silicon Valley guys are working on something and they're truly, if their intent is to help the planet versus helping themselves, then they'll help themselves. Then they'll be helping, helped in the process. They'll be helped in the process. Like, and so, so I do yeah. this work. I am grateful that I do get paid for it, but I give away so much. Like I don't give it away. I donate a lot of my work. I've never turned, you know, I don't turn people away. But I don't, I do it because I'm, I love it. I do it because it's my, it's my gift that I can give the world. I do it because I help women get empowered. And I, I feel like I help them, you know, with their grief or with their, whatever they're going through, I help assist connecting them to what they're already connected to. I help their awareness get connected there. Um, and so what he's saying is you have, you know, take your passion first, see where that leads you. Everything else will, will follow that because that intent is already out there. You're grabbing it already, but you have to be, you have to, you know, and I always tell my client, thank you. Do something every day that you love with your, with what you do for work or find, if you, if you don't like your work, find something else to do, you know? Okay. And, but also just in terms of that communication to asking you specific questions for, you know, to help. So part of it is doing the work. Exactly. To figure out- yeah. He says it's an algorithm. You are your own algorithm. That's out so, in the universe. And so how do we tune our algorithm to you? You have, <laughs> I know, stop making fun of me. He's like, you first have to believe I can help. He goes, that's 99% of the battle. Well, that is key. As, that is Jennifer, key. as Jennifer single-handedly knows, <laughs> even though I, you know, even it took so much for that to happen that day to give me my sign. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nutty. It's it nutty. Is nutty. All right. So, Steve, thank you very much for, I appreciate your attention and, and we are always welcome to chat with us. But I'm going to have to give you the bums rush and ask George Harrison if he wants to sit down and chat. Right. Yes, mate. <laughs> All right. So, listen, yesterday Maybe. was a big day in. Uh, music history because we always try to stop and honor your buddy John because that was the day 41 years ago that uh, he was taken from the planet. We weren't able to hear him playing music again, but we were able to hear him because he still exists. But what, George, what what is it you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about frequency and telegraph communication? Do you want to talk about Babaji and spirituality? What? I know I am. (laughs) He's like, first tell Jennifer to turn off all her Apple products, but the computer, because I just had to let my client know that I'm running just a little bit behind. (laughs) So that's a reference to Steve. Okay. That was a reference. (laughs) And then, um, okay. Sorry. What? I'm not going to judge it. He's showing me holding hands, like hold hands more hold people's hands more i why? know i'm like we have a pandemic we have a pandemic no no but why what is what i is- know i'm gonna he's he says two people are so much stronger than one so that connection uh, empowers people is that right it generates more power is that correct and then he showed me with my client yesterday with the phone call and all the things that just by talking to her all the things that happened he says just, and so he's, he's showing me a literal, you know, hand, but by communicating like with what, what you just said, by communicating with someone close to you versus just texting them or being on a device, he says the voices car- literally carry information and 
transmit information that will help you. Brilliant. I understand. Okay. The, the connection. So holding ah, a hand, stop it. holding a hand re- makes me think of a conversation uh, where somebody was talking about a, of a rope, the frayed rope and how, when you see a rope that's really strong, it's all the intertwines are connected and together. You're stronger when you're connected. So that idea of holding hands as a strength there, but he's also saying not just literally holding hands, but your tone, your, your frequency, your voice that's it. Uh, connects you to the people that you love and know. And, and so reaching out to them and having a conversation and telling them you love them or just laughing with them. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's it. He said, you're a thick, because I remember listening into your book, which I, again, everybody, please get this book if you want. It is so helpful and it's amazing with all the things that you put in it. What's it called again? (laughs) Tuning into the afterlife. That's it. Okay. Tuning into the afterlife. So you mentioned that Akashic means etheric. And what etheric means is, what is etheric? means invisible, invisible right. but but like so, energetically so when he said so when you were going when you, you were talking about voices and how things are carrying he said your he goes your etheric voice is your heart mm. your <laughs> wow sorry oh chloe <laughs> i hope that was a dog and not somebody uh an etheric wave hi chloe hi baby dog she loves your voice. She, every time that I'm home, she has to be right next to me. And she just woke up, but she scared me. Sorry. Very good. Very good. Well, that's a brilliant and, and very profound thing. And George, usually when we've talked to we've spoken to you or asked you questions, you do give us curveballs and funny comments. And this is really the first time you've addressed us in this way. And I'm curious why. What, what's on your mind? What's going on? I mean, we've asked you questions before and you usually give us a funny, goofy, uh, liver puddling answer. Still doing it. He's still making fun of it. He's, uh, he says that he said, he goes, I just wanted to beat John. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Beat John and what he has to say. <laughs> like, John or Steve. Lennon. Oh, but, but, but what do you, you, what, I don't understand what he means. He just wanted to meet John. No, beat him to the punch. Oh, beat John into the podcast. Yes. Well, you had to get on Luana's list, obviously. And, yeah. you know, I think she met you once in uh, after one of your concerts. I think we talked and about that. This one. is so insane because I'm the one asking Steve. I asked Steve a long time ago. Like, I cried the night that he passed away. It was mm-hmm. devastating to me for some reason. I've never met him at that point. I never met him in real life. Um, but I was just so moved by everything that he's done. You know, that being said, I asked you, but can you get the communication better from the other side? <laughs> so yeah. Can you fix the uh, frequency or whatever the reception? And he's like, how do you, why do you ask that? If you're the one that's saying no, <laughs> like he just had to show me again that 99% of this is not having fear. of it is not having hate in your heart because hate is a boundary. It's not having projections. And a block, like a a blockade. You're not having judgments because if you have judgment, you can't do this work either. You can't connect because if you're judging somebody on the other side, let's say it's your father or, or it's your, you know, whoever it is on the other side, if you have a judgment, they, your mind says, okay, you know, clock you can't talk to that person yeah so well i love that he comes in to to talk about how to communicate the process of it and george comes in to remind us about the love connection Mm -hmm. which is the tone of your voice or your intent and connection is the thing that that connects you and then my dad just came in and he goes okay don't forget about the body go for a run because that's what my dad used to always do he used to run constantly and so he's, so we just did mind, body, spirit. Oh, mind, body, and spirit. Okay, very right. good. Uh, and George, is, does John, does your buddy John want to say hello or, or is he busy doing something else? Yes, he loves what you put in the book. 
Okay, very good. I appreciate that. Thanks for the compliment. You know, it's funny when I quote people like on the flip shit. side. I'm saying I, like shit imagined. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What? Shit imagined. I like that. He said you he said you sing like shit. <laughs> oh, I sang like, yeah. Oh, did I sing? That's you funny. Quote, you quoted you oh, were saying the words. Like he said you should have sang. He says you uh, that's funny. No, no, of course. Right. You know, when I do the audible, I'm a little bit like Jennifer. I'm just in the moment, you know, and I might sing, yeah. I might just talk, and I don't want to just, you know, ruin somebody else's song. Yes. No, but listen, we've asked John this question, and it's important. It's nice to, you know, to hear it again, which is that the song Imagine mm -hmm. really all represents the flip side, the whole idea of there's no religion, there's no money, there's no borders there's no everything is connected between people and it's just i mean it's just lovely to repeat that concept but george you have the chair so anything you want to add to that um hold on there it is <laughs> was that did that come from the flip side or was that jennifer they told me to play it Sweet. We miss you, buddy. So let me just tell you, John, while you're singing, last night I was listening to the Beatles channel and they had an interview that you did on that last day. And it was a wonderful, uh, really insightful uh, radio interview that you did with uh, Sholin, I think his name is, Sholin. And uh, you were so enthusiastic about this being the new, a new, uh, you know, starting over, that this being a new phase in your life, that you were so excited to get back to creating music and writing music. You know, and it just reminded me of all we've missed of your musical talent. And I know you still exist and I know you're still there and I know you're watching over your family and your friends. He says, I'm living, he goes, I'm still living through you guys. I'm still, the music still carries just like it did now. Music so if, if I, I'm sure you're helping musicians. Is, is there it brings, it brings us alive when you listen to our music or the books or what, like your mother just popped in and Anthe. Yeah. My mom playing the piano or listening, you know, or just thinking about that. So if your heart's a frequency, like they just showed me how I got really teary eyed again. I cried during that song almost every time. And um, I don't know why. It's Ask him. It's just something. Ask John. John, why does Jennifer cry when she hears that song? because I'm sad the world's not like that, I guess. <laughs> That's what he said. Sweet. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Dude, I have to go. <laughs> well, on that note, John, thank you for stopping by and sharing us a little bit of your genius and wisdom. Uh, any musician we should listen to that you help write songs? Just pop somebody into Jennifer's mind that that you've been helping create music <laughs> you showed me the guy from carpool karaoke What's okay very good i don't know his name oh uh corden jim corden james corden all right and and how about you george anybody that we should listen to that embodies your like your, your son you guys I have to go there's somebody else that's here your buddy that passed your really close friend um that you were Howard or Bill? No, 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 no. Um, that you were on TV with. He was the Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Hold on. Chuck, well, you got to give check the last word. Go ahead. He said thank you to you for letting them know how much you love them, or letting or letting them know how much I love them. Well, and you know, we shared we shared Chuck's sentiments towards his friends and family and all that and stuff. And he said to have dinner, like 
you guys need to have a Christmas dinner or something like that. A Christmas dinner. Okay, very good. I love that, Chuck. We do. We should. All right. Maybe we'll all go to New York and see, hang out with some of your pals for Christmas. Listen, thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve, for coming by. We appreciate it. Uh, you're putting up with my weird questions. And thanks for sharing new information, stuff that we've never heard before. Yes. That we love to uh, share with the planet. And and here we are back into, this is our seventh year together. So off we go okay. into another seven years of Woo! hacking the afterlife. Love you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime. Hi, this is Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Two. Hi, this is Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Three. This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. One. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.